Welcome to the ASHP official podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession of pharmacy. Thanks for joining us for ASHP's Practice Journeys podcast. This podcast invites members to share their stories about their professional path, lessons learned, and how their experiences shaped who and where they are today. My name is Ashley Neese, and I'm a fourth-year pharmacy student at the Auburn University Harrison College of Pharmacy. Joining us today are two current Health System Pharmacy Administration and Leadership residents, Krishna Shaw and Tiara Jackson. Today, we will be chatting about the residency ranking process, how the process works, and their personal experiences with the process. Thank you so much for joining us today. So to begin our podcast, could you tell us a bit more about yourself and your programs? Yeah, thank you for having us today. Um, my name is Krishna Shaw, and um, I am currently a second-year Health System Pharmacy Administration and Leadership Resident at Duke University Hospital. I originally went to pharmacy school at Medical University of South Carolina in Charleston, South Carolina, um, and got my MBA from the Citadel. I got interested in um, pharmacy leadership and administration pretty early on in my pharmacy school career, um, and fortunately um, matched at Duke University Hospital for my training. And um, I got recently got involved with ASHP and am fortunate enough to be a part of this podcast as well as the podcast development uh, series through PALRC. So it's nice to meet you and thank you for having me. Yeah, Ashley, thank you for inviting me. I'm excited to get a chance to talk with you all. So my name is Tiara Jackson. I'm a first-year HISPAL resident at The Ohio State University Wexner Medical Center. I am a first-year resident, and I I would say that I wanted to go into HISPAL because I have always been passionate about supporting and uplifting underserved communities, and I think pharmacy leaders in a, are in a really unique position to be able to implement service lines and different pharmacy initiatives and shape the profession in a way that really supports underserved communities and makes it equitable. So um, I've always been interested in HISPAL for, well, I won't say always, I will say I feel like I found my interest around um, the second or third year in pharmacy school. So pretty early on, um, I went to undergrad in pharmacy school at the University of Georgia College of Pharmacy. So not too far from Krishna, um, but yeah, I'm excited to be here. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. And it's so great to have y'all here today. Tiara, could you please give a brief overview of what the ranking process is for residency candidates who are submitting a rank order list for the match process? Yes. So the ranking process is essentially an opportunity for you to identify how your experience went with the program. And it also gives the program an opportunity to identify how their experience went with you. And it gives everybody a chance to create or to find an equitable match for next year. Um, so it a few important keys for the match. It is supposed to be, um, you're supposed to res- register for the match and you should have done that or most candidates should have done that around the time that they were signing up. Um, so be sure you have done so. Also, Another important tip for the ranking process is you want to make sure that you are ranking the programs by the NMS code, and that's something that can be found on forecast. So each program is assigned an NMS code, and as a candidate, you're assigned a code as well, and those are the tools that are going to be used to match. So there will be um, three phases of the match. The first phase of the match is what everybody um, is going to interview for up 
front. And once that once the information comes for the first match, there's an opportunity for candidates to reapply and kind of meet some new programs to see if there's a better connection in other places for phase two. And then there's also a scramble. So there are different phases. Perfect. Thank you so much for sharing that information with us, Tiara. Krishna, would you mind sharing some additional details of how the ranking algorithm matches applicants into positions? Yes, I love this question because this is definitely something I was uh, curious about when I was submitting my rankings um, two years ago. So as Tiara mentioned, the first thing you should do is, of course, register for the match. And after you've registered um, and interviewed with your programs, you'll submit your ranking based on your preferences. Um, the match process is an algorithm that cannot be manipulated, and it's designed to place applicants into the program that's most preferred on the applicants list. So it'll go down the applicants list starting from the most preferred program down to the least preferred until the first program is reached um, at which the applicant is tentatively matched or until the applicants list of choices has been exhausted. Um, so it's again, designed to give each participant their best result if they rank their choices in order of true preferences, which is why um, it's important that you rank your preferences or your rank list is completed based on your preferences and not anything else. Um, and then looking on the flip side of the programs, each program accepts applicants upwards on the program's rank order list um, and continually removes less preferred matches in favor of more preferred applicants until the program is matched to the most uh, preferred applicant who wishes to be matched to the program. Um, and the algorithm also knows how many positions each program has as well, so that's it works out. Um, so for example, let's say that an applicant ranks three programs in total. So it'll start, the algorithm will start with the most preferred program, which is the candidate's number one choice. If the program has one spot and the candidate is number two on the programs list, then they'll tentatively match the candidate to that program until the algorithm gets to the candidate that the program ranked number one. If that candidate also ranked this program number one, then it's a true match because both the program and the candidate ranked um, each, each other number one. And once, once that match is done, the candidate they ranked number two goes back into the process and the algorithm will look at that candidate's second choice and go from there. Now, let's say that the candidate who the program ranked number one didn't rank the program number one and they ended up matching with their number one program. Then that tentative match becomes final and the candidate who ranked the program number one and the program ranked number two are officially matched together. Um, and this process is carried out for all applicants until each of the applicants has either tentatively matched the most preferred choice or all choices um, have been exhausted, as I mentioned. Um, and then when all applicants have been considered, the matching algorithm is complete and the tentative matches have become final. Um, I know this process may seem complicated, but the NMS website does give a uh, great breakdown of the process with a video and also a test match for candidates to visualize um, as well as programs. I will say that um, if the applicants all rank one program as their number one choice, then the algorithm will use the program's rank order list to determine who gets that position. And then the algorithm will give the position to that applicant that's the most preferred on the programs list. And then similarly, if many programs rank the same applicant as their number one choice, then the algorithm uses the applicant's rank order list to determine which position the applicant will accept. Um, so it's really made to benefit both the applicant and the program. 
Um, so the algorithm will match the applicant to the program that's most preferred on the applicant's list. Thank you so much for breaking that down. So now that we know what the ranking process is and how it works, what are some factors that candidates should consider when they finalize their rank order list? That's a great question, Ashley. And I hate to tell you, but there's no perfect way to do it. Um, and I think the important thing to consider is that our, every candidate prioritizes things differently. So I would say the first step in that is just recognizing what your non-negotiables are and making sure programs align with that. But a few things, like you mentioned, that would be important to consider, I would say, is one, the location of the residency or the um, experience that you are interested in, it is really important to consider um, if that's somewhere that you would be okay living at for a year plus. For most HISPAL programs, there are two years. So you have to make sure that you would be com comfortable in those environments. Another thing to consider is the program sizes. I think that's a big piece of variability in a lot of programs. I know um, my program specifically tends to match four candidates and there are other programs where you're, you know, the one of one or one of two considering a first and second year candidate. So just identifying what would be the best option for you also might be important to consider work-life balance. So what does the staffing requirements look like? Is that something that you would be comfortable with? Um, would it overwhelm you? Would it be, you know, that's just something to consider. You also want to think of the training environments. I think the great thing about uh, pharmacy administration and leadership is there are so many spaces that you can go into. So are you interested in specialty and infusion? Are you interested in home care? Are you interested in inpatient operations? So you have to think about the training environment. And it's also important to think about what opportunities are going to be coming from those training environments at that specific institution. So you want to consider what growth the current um, the institution is currently undergoing and what that means for projects that you'll be able to work on. Another thing is like the community of residents. So a lot of people might not pay as much attention to the residents during the application process, but these are people that you're going to be in an office with and these are people that you're going to be sharing experiences with. So you want to make sure that you're comfortable with them as well. Um, I would say also the networking opportunities is something that's important to consider. Um, the people that will be or the leadership that's working um, for the institutions, these are going to be your mentors for the next two years and really lifelong. So you want to make sure that you're investing in, a, in an optimized network. So um, I know it's a, a mouthful, but those are just a few of the things that I considered when thinking about what um, how I was ranking. Yeah, I completely agree with all of that. And I think that's valuable um, things to consider. And it's also great to have a set list of criteria when you're interviewing these programs, because not only are they interviewing you, but you are also interviewing them. So it's important to have your set criteria, write them down and take as many notes as you can um, during these interviews so that you have it to refer back to when you're making your um, choice and developing your rank list. That is a great point, Krishna. I also thought of one more thing. Another thing that I thought of that is really important, specifically to HISPAL programs, is a lot of them have a master's component. So you want to question the programs on that, too. Like, what are you getting out of the master's component? Is that something that you're going to be able to uh, invest your time in? So that's the last thing. No, I could listen to your advice all day, both of you. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. So how about from the residency program perspective? How does this process work for the programs? 
Yeah, the process is actually very similar. And I've uh, fortunately experienced the process from both sides at this point. Um, but all, after all interviews have been completed, there is usually a residency advisory committee or all of those that are involved with um, conducting the interviews. All of the committee will get together and discuss each of the applicants and just more, more so have a collaborative discussion and how they felt, um, how successful this candidate would be in the program, um, and overall how the interview went and other application materials as well. And just like candidates, the programs will come up with a final rank list for the program, and this will be submitted in the same way that an applicant would submit their ranking. So it's one list per program. Um, the program also ranks on true preference, so most preferred to least preferred, um, and the algorithm will match each program with the most preferred applicants on, their, on the list um, who have ranked that program and who are not matched with the programs that they prefer. So the process works the same. The strategy is the same. And it's not going to be um, based on someone who ranks, uh, based on a candidate ranking a program number two. And therefore, the program has to rank the candidate number two for them to be matched. It's more of a complex algorithm, um, as I mentioned before. Well, thank you so much. Would y'all mind sharing a bit about your personal experience when ranking your rank order list and any advice that you have for residency candidates? I would love to. Kind of like Krishna mentioned before, for me, it was really important to identify like what criteria was going to be important for me in driving my success and my comfortability at a program. Um, I think it was extremely important to con also consider like am I willing to move? That was a huge thing for me. Um, I actually didn't apply to any locations in my home state. And so that was a huge factor. Um, on the day of actually after every interview, I took the time to reflect. And so I would encourage everybody to do that as well. So I think you should reflect on how you felt, how you felt like the interview went, went how you felt like you would feel with a year experience that felt just like the one that you had. The way that I chose to reflect was I recorded myself talking um, for after every interview and um, prior or leading up to the rank list being due. I listened back to all of the recordings. I watched my mannerisms. I listened to my voice and the inflection. And I saw what really spoke to me the most and like reflected on where I was the happiest at. And that's what I used to drop my rank list. Um, and so, like I said, I would encourage all candidates to do some type of reflection after the fact. And I think that'll make the actual ranking process a lot easier. The last thing that was really important for me in the ranking process was leaning on my network. I think there were so many people that invested in me along the way. And the people whose opinions that I valued and also people who have been in the pharmacy leadership realm a lot longer than me. And so it was important to not only consider what my feelings were, but also think about um, think about things from their perspective. And maybe they might see something or identify something or hear something that, you know, might encourage them to give me some alternative advice. But just like listening to those people to make sure I'm thinking about all of the perspectives was really important for me. I completely agree with all of that and definitely something I followed as well. Um, I am a spreadsheet person. So again, I had my list of criteria um, and questions that I wanted to make sure that I asked each program when I interviewed with them. Um, and so once I had all of that information, as Tierra said, I took some time to 
really reflect and think about um, if I saw myself training at the program and if I saw myself being successful and supported in that environment and that culture. So I think that's super important to have that support, especially whether you're doing a one-year residency or a two-year residency, you're still going to be there um, for at least a year. So it's important to know um, kind of what you're walking into and asking those questions ahead of time. So there's really no surprises, um, significant surprises when you start your residency. Um, and so I really just thought about it more um, as where I wanted to be. I didn't really base it off of how the interview went. It's just, I based it off of where I truly wanted to be. I thought about location, of course, because when you rank a program, there is a chance that you may be matched there. So you have to be able to move and have the means to move as well. Um, so I thought about the location. I thought about where I saw myself being the best fit and the best fit for me. Um, and I just based my rank list off of that. So you're interviewing them, they're interviewing you. And it the interview, of course, matters because it's a chance for you to get to know the program and the program to get to know you. But at the end of the day, this is your rank list and you're basing it off of what program you prefer and um, down to, you know, your least preferred programs. And you don't have to rank all of the programs because, again, there is a chance that you could end up there. And if it's not somewhere you want to be, then I, I would recommend not ranking them. But the more programs you do rank, the better chances you have of, of matching to a residency program. So it really just depends on what your goals are and what you're OK with. Um, at the end of the day in terms of your experience and your training. But it was definitely just thinking back. I mean, it, it's like it was yesterday. It was, it can be a stressful experience, but I would just advise all of you not to worry. Um, you know, just take it day by day, breathe. And once you have that rank list submitted, there's nothing else you can do, but just wait. So go hang out, enjoy the spring, you know, and enjoy March and, and let it come and then celebrate once it's, once it's here. Krishna, that's a great point. I think a lot of people did not tell me how to navigate that 15 or so day window between when I submitted my rank list and when I, when we found out, and I think I was spiraling, but that was some great advice that I got from so many people. Just take a step away, try to take your mind off of it, do everything you can to think, be, be present and be in the moment. Because honestly, your fourth year is not going to last forever. Pharmacy school is not going to last forever. And it was such a great time. So you really do have to enjoy those moments as they come. So that would, that's also a really great piece of advice. Advice. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and no matter where you end up, with it, whether it's your first choice or um, your eighth choice, you're going to get a great experience and you just got to stay positive because you're training in a great environment and um, you ranked the program. So clearly it was preferred to some extent and you're still going to get the experience that you deserve. Well, thank you, Krishna and Tiara, for sharing your insights into the residency ranking process. I'm looking forward to using your advice when making my own rank order list in just a few short weeks. Unfortunately, this is all the time we have, but I want to thank you all for being here and thank everyone for listening in. Join us here at ASHP Official and the Practice Journey podcast as we learn about how our members seek out, grow, and evolve during their careers. Thanks for having us, Ashley, and good luck to you and your next steps. Yes. Congratulations. Thank you for listening to ASHP Official, the voice of pharmacists advancing healthcare. 
be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes, access show notes, and download the episode transcript. If you loved the episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Join us next time on ASHP.